0: Plushcare.com/slash/weightloss. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than two hundred thousand Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a twenty-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase. Today, Visit douglas.ca slash Canadaland to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash Canadaland. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canadaland, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures, and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Sock Club. The first rule of Sock Club, talk about Sock Club. I am in Sock Club. I get a pair of socks every month, quality American-made socks, very stylish socks. You can join Sock Club, too, or this holiday season, give the gift of Sock Club by going to SockClub.com. Use the discount code Canada Land. You'll get 15% off. There are about 3,000 First Nation reserves in Canada, and we hear a lot about what they don't have. Jobs, drinkable water. Okay, but what about journalism? Is that like just another basic service that everybody else has except for Indigenous people? You know, there's that common slag about uh, corruption in First Nations leadership. Actual levels of corruption on reserves uh, have yet to be proven any higher than elsewhere, and yet that slag persists. But if we're going to talk so much about corruption in-band leadership, how can we not talk about the journalistic dead zone that fuels it? Those 3,000 communities are largely completely uncovered by any kind of news reporting. This is kind of a big deal, and a big deal that I've never even thought about before. Perhaps it's dwarfed by larger problems. Perhaps it's just something that, like a lot of things with Indigenous people, we've just been ignoring. Reporter Wamish Hamilton has not been ignoring this. Uh, In a series for Discourse Media, he has been looking at this lack of reporting from and for Indigenous communities. And in this series, he asks a pretty disturbing question. Does freedom of the press even apply to First Nations? He'll tell you the answer in a minute. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Nathan Fielder, Danny Kastner, Jesse, Mark Freeman, Jennifer Roberts, Chris Montpetit, Megan Klassen, and Andrew Ipp. Andrew, why did you decide to be awesome? Because you guys do such a great job of keeping our media and our institutions in check. Keep up the good. This episode is sponsored by Better Help. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca/canadaland to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. work. This episode of Canada Land is also brought to you by Casper makers of the mattress that I sleep on every night. It's kind of important to be really comfortable when you're sleeping. It's the sort of thing that a lot of people neglect because you can kind of get the job done at any price point. And the price of really good mattresses is really daunting. And the process of buying one at these big showrooms, it's kind of a ripoff and it makes you feel kind of silly. Casper has solved this problem. The prices are very reasonable and you don't have to go to one of those stores. They just ship it to you. You try it out for a hundred nights. And if you don't like it, they'll just take it right back and refund you the money. Casper is an obsessively designed mattress at a shockingly fair price, combining springy latex and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Time magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. This is an award-winning mattress that will not disappoint. Free shipping and returns to the US and Canada, made in America, and you will get $50 off of that shockingly low price if you go to casper.com/canadaland right now. And use the offer code CanadaLand towards the purchase of a mattress. And finally, this episode is also brought to you by FreshBooks. People get on board right now, make a clean slate of it for 2017, start that trial period if you send invoices. If you bill people for anything, for your services as as a freelancer, for your small business, if you track your time, if you collect expense receipts, if you do any of these things... Do it in far less time with a better result, a nicer looking invoice that makes you and your business look better. It will get you paid faster. It will save you time. It is a pleasure to use. They are always making it better, and they just overhauled the whole thing from top to bottom. Go to FreshBooks.com/slash Canada Land. And when you do decide to become a customer after that 30-day free trial, tell them that Canada land sent you cloud accounting via FreshBooks, your accounting department. Thank you, FreshBooks. Wamish well, Of course, we have freedom of the press here in Canada. Does it apply to First Nations?
1: That's the million dollar question here, whether it applies or whether it doesn't apply. It seems to date that it hasn't applied per se. I mean, reporters, journalists, whether they be TV, radio, or print, are free to pursue stories uh, about First Nations. They're free to call uh, leadership with respect to some initiative that leadership is pushing or needs to be asked questions about, but actually going on the reserve on first nations reserves and covering, for instance, band meetings, tribal council meetings that hasn't been done to date. And it seems that that's a gray area where freedom of the press is concerned.
0: I mean, you've got thousands of these communities that simply are not being covered uh, and haven't been covered neither by their own community members or by the mainstream media. So you've got all this legislative decision-making happening kind of in the dark. I know that you've looked at this through the specific lens of one community, but but before we get into that, like, I just want to know, like, what does the law say? Like, we have this charter right to free expression, which explicitly designates freedom of the press as part of that free expression. The charter, as you remind us, does apply to indigenous people, but there's like a loophole.
1: Yeah, there's a loophole, because further down the Charter, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but the Charter can't abrogate or derogate from an Aboriginal or Treaty right. Having said this, no one I spoke to, lawyers in particular, couldn't answer this particular question. And that question was, if that is the case, then tell me how journalism abrogates or derogates from an Aboriginal or Treaty right. No one could answer that question.
0: Anything in the charter is sort of trumped by this. Uh, if it infringes upon whatever rights are specific to First Nations, that can trump a charter right. And you're saying, yeah, but but in this specific instance of journalism, how does it trump it? But you yourself point out some of these examples where, I mean, the most obvious is you can't cover something if you're not there. And journalists access and and people who are not band members, their access. To specific parts of uh, pieces of land, which are First Nations territory, just th- that's the easiest way to stop coverage is to just not let people on the land. And that does happen.
1: Yeah, not let people on the land. They've got a trespass bylaw at their, at their disposal, which uh, is often used, for instance, in the case of the First Nations leader in Alberta, I believe it was, who was charged with sexual assault and proceeded to impose a media ban. Uh, upon his own counsel and his community. So it became, they went dark. Wouldn't answer any questions uh, about the matter. They just went dark, and that was after the imposition of a trespass by law.
0: You quote a chief at uh, Rama First Nation here in Ontario, Chief Sharon Stincy Henry, this is back in 2002, who also prohibited press access to a banned proceeding And uh, the quote was, uh, she said, a First Nation is not like any other community. We function more as a private corporation. I mean, that sort of sends chills down one's spine when you consider the fact that that they're making decisions about people's lives and members of their community. We we, we don't govern as as private corporations, but there is an expectation of transparency upon elected officials and legislatures. Um, And she's sort of saying boldly that that just doesn't apply to us.
1: Yeah, these aren't private corporations and we need to be clear about that. These function, these being band councils, uh, tribal councils and such, they function very similarly to public bodies. They preside over the political, uh, financial, and social affairs of their memberships. In the case of the Nishka, they preside, the wilps uh, nishka the Nishka legislature presides over the affairs of 7,000 of its members. They make decisions uh, that affect, that impact, that membership. That membership has a right to know, vis-a-vis independent media, what their public body is doing, what their public officials are doing, and to hold them accountable.
0: It's not simply a matter of uh, trying to prohibit the media from covering the scandals that erupt, though those are sort of the exemplary cases where that power to have a media blackout gets used you attended a legislature meeting where you you made a list of 35 things and uh, you're right that you were like, what, the first member of the media to ever ask that question or perhaps the first?
1: I think there have been, since the advent of their treaty some 16 years ago, there have been reporters who have gone there from time to time depending on the issue. But there's no one who covers their legislature consistently. So I saw at uh, the outset of the story that they they were BC's first modern day treaty and that they had written the Charter of Rights and Freedoms into their uh, nation's constitution. So that to me represented an in. So I called and asked, uh, I'd like to attend your legislature meeting, I notice you have a sitting, you're discussing business of the nation uh, that affects the 7,000 members over three days. I'd like to sit in and I'd like to attend. I used to be a uh, Municipal affairs reporter for a small community newspaper for seven years. Mm -hmm. So, A, I knew what I was doing, but B, having been a municipal reporter once, I made it a habit of jotting down story ideas as we plowed through the agenda, as legislators made comments, and during question period. And I stopped counting at 35 at the Wilp Nishka. These are 35 story ideas that essentially wouldn't see the light of day because there was no other media there. There was no way that their members were going to get to know about this unless they attended the meeting or unless some um, they read through the minutes there was just there was going to be they may hear of decisions that were made they may hear of broad subjects that were discussed but there would be no context to them. and you asked earlier what's what's the loss that's that's part of one of the things that's a loss is the context of these decisions that both their people may be interested in or should know or that the broader population outside of Nishka may be interested in too. I mean, this this is the portal to their world.
0: The stories that you list, there's nothing scandalous or earth-shattering. This is just the daily business of any community. Village fiber optic installation is lagging. Paved roads will make Kin callith the true Northern Gateway to the Orient, an official said. That's that sounds like a story that might have national appeal. Uh, just things of of interest, I'm sure, to people in the community. Fish poaching, the uh, relationship uh, between commercial fishermen and uh, the a fishing boat upgrade fund. Little, you know, community news items that obviously affect people in this small community is adds up to, from this reader's point of view, that local journalism is just one more thing Indigenous people don't have. It's just an, it's just another amenity or you know necessity that, uh, I mean, it's disappearing from the rest of Canada, but it seems entirely absent from these communities?
1: They don't have yet in uh, a couple of things. One, in the case of Nishka, there was someone who was trying to start, trying to make a go of a micro-news site. Having said this, historically, uh, media journalism wasn't part of Indigenous culture, at least insofar as the uh, Nishka people were concerned, nor was journalism. Having said this, on the other side of that coin, historically, storytelling was part of their culture, and that's what journalists do. And historically, each clan house, the chief would employ uh, a person with the title "Hits," and the hits" person would go from village to village talking about what events were coming up, when they were being held, why they were being held who was holding him and how the business was going to be done. That's what a journalist does. The modern day incantation of those two things is a micro news site with a journalist that works it.
0: There's another side to this, which is that there is uh, suspicion of the motives of journalists. And I think we, you know, we have to talk about basic uh, issues of who is telling these stories and for whom are they telling these stories? Mm-hmm. I guess the ideal situation is that communities would provide journalism for their own benefit. In certain cases, that's happening. It's no big surprise to me that a community of 7,000 might not have that. But you, you write about the local, the, the closest local news uh, organization that d- doesn't bother to send anyone there, and it's, it's a remote community. And then there's the question of, well, who would they be telling the story for? Would it be for their readership outside of the reserve? And the possibility that in telling stories that are not your own to communities that are not directly uh, a part of that, is there a possibility of harm? And what is, you know, we're kind of like looking back at the traditional relationship between mainstream media and Indigenous people, not always a helpful role.
1: No, it wasn't always a helpful role. And historically, there were issues, uh, egregious issues of misrepresentation of First Nations people. And that that's a historical fact and that can't be debated. Having said this, today I argue this. The absolute way, the absolute 100% guaranteed way to ensure that that continues is to pull up the drawbridge, not answer the phone, not answer emails, not let journalists in. To do what journalists do, and by extension, these stories are how people get to know you. This, these stories are how people will get to see you. And this is media's chance on the other side of that to correct that mistake, to make up for that. Because now, suddenly, in a, in another world, you have access. And when you have access, you make the most of it and the best of it. And you write the truth.
0: I think you make a great point about uh, how, how the world you know uh, sees people as sort of through the day-to-day business that journalism can kind of describe. And it is, you have this quote from Duncan McHugh of the CBC mm-hmm. about sort of the, uh, the standard tropes that, through which Canada usually experiences Indigenous people, the, the, the four Ds. What, yes. what are the four Ds?
1: Drumming, dancing, drunk, or dead. Yeah, those are, are egregious tropes. Having said this, just recently, recently when I mean recent, I mean within the past month, I was reading a story about Indigenous people and alcoholism. Uh, bad trope, and it gets people's backs up, and it should. Until I tell people that story was written by an Indigenous person. And that changes the manner in which you read the story, you interpret the story, and that you see the story, and, you, and ultimately you understand the story.
0: Contrast that with some of these things on, on this list. It's very humanizing, not even in some you know human interest story, that uh, tries to, you know, very earnestly counter those stereotypes. Just reading like Nisga citizens brace for a 28% BC hydro hike. Yeah. You know, it's just this quotidian stuff. It's just this day-to-day stuff. Land acquired for rock and gravel quarry. This is sort of how I kind of get to know any new community. When I'm in like a new, a new place, I pick up their local paper and you see all these little things they're dealing with and it's, it's uh, you know, hackneyed, I guess. you are like, oh yeah, it's just the same stuff everywhere. People are just trying to figure out how to, how to run their communities everywhere. And if you only experience Indigenous people through the 4Ds or through, you know, crisis stories, terrible stories, that does lend to... I don't know, solitudes and it lends to misunderstanding and it lends to a buttressing of, you know, pretty harmful stereotypes.
1: It does. And people retreat into their silos. Those stories, those 35 stories, they may be of interest, given the Internet now and the the worldwide outreach, to somebody in Germany. It could be of interest to somebody in Australia. I mean, one never knows. The other thing, and uh, maybe possibly more importantly these stories would be of interest to the two-thirds of the Nishka population who live away from home. Right. As I was to find that, 5,000 or 7,000 Nishka people don't live in Nishka lands anymore. They make their lives, and they're living away from home. But they maintain a uh, tribal connection to home. They maintain a familial connection to home. They maintain a cultural connection to home. And they're as interested as anyone, maybe more so than anyone, about what goes on at home. As it stands, they have Facebook to kind of check in with what's going on at home. Twitter, from time to time, the, the Terra Standard will do what it can to uh, run an Indigenous story. We mustn't forget uh, CFNR, the radio station, that uh, makes its way in the world with Nishka stories when they can from time to time. But there's no independent news coverage, no independent media from the NAS about the NAS. When I say the NAS, I mean the NAS Valley, Nishka Valley.
0: What, what's to be done about this? Because, I mean, we're talking about thousands of communities that are, many of them, incredibly hard to get to. And we are not doing a, a barely inadequate job in covering the rest of Canada that is not so remote. There's tons of urban communities that don't have adequate news coverage. Unless the, the journalism comes from within, I don't know who's going to do this because there is another issue we have to talk about, which is just like – you can call this like white liberal guilt or, or whatever. I do not feel comfortable uh, and would not feel comfortable going into one of these communities and holding elected officials to account. I don't have the cultural context. I don't have the historical context for those communities. At a certain point, I think the point you make in, 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 in the series is you're doing them a disservice by not holding uh, their officials to, to account. So like what, what is to be done here?
1: Reporters need to get past that. The reporters need to get over that that uh, discomfort, that uh, get the backup, ill at ease before entering a community you don't know. Get access and once you have access you begin to lose that, you begin to get more confident. As I was to discover in uh, Gitluckdamex there was no media culture in the community that I covered. They were media consumers but there was no media culture and those are very different things. There was no sort of understanding of journalism or journalists or the place of journalism in a society particularly where covering a legislature or a public body is concerned. And that's where I came across the program that Journalism Human Rights runs where they uh, send a trainer to a community for I believe it's eight months of the year. This is only done in Northern Ontario First Nations communities. They work with Indigenous volunteers from that community and essentially, what they do is they bring journalism school to them how to write stories, how to cover meetings, how to take pictures you know, the the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes. The second way, I think, is the use of conflict sensitive reporting, so you're you're establishing journalism where there either a never was any journalism or you're reestablishing it where it was crushed
0: i mean journalism that actively shies away from fomenting division and conflict. It seems almost antithetical to the job.
1: It is. I mean, you're, you're there to cover the truth. You cover the truth in a community, regardless of where that community is, or regardless of what the public body is. I don't think a journalist is going to walk in to someplace remote and bulldog the council, because as I was to find, there's not a media culture amongst a lot of councils uh, either. This, this is new to them. This is something that they've uh, partly rejected in the past because of the egregious manner in which they've been portrayed. Now that we live in a world where the world can see you through the Internet or through news stories that they read about you, it's time to start thinking about getting past that and how to establish a a media culture.
0: It seems pretty crucial uh, because you get to some basic issues of legitimacy of government. I mean, I I, I can't help but think back just uh, to last month with this story in Labrador from Muskrat Falls, where I was speaking with a journalist who was uh, was present at this occupation, and uh, local indigenous communities were just very opposed to this energy project. And of course, I asked, well. How could this energy project have proceeded if they hadn't struck deals with the local indigenous leadership? And the answer was, oh yeah, they struck deals with the local indigenous leadership that had made concessions and they had permission, but the deal was not recognized by the communities that this leadership supposedly represents. So without journalism to tell people, uh, you know, here's what your leaders have agreed to, here's how much you're going to get if there's some deal with an energy company, uh, are you getting screwed by your leaders? Do you want to have a voice in this? Do you agree? You know, you had an opportunity to to protest this. And this also, there's a similar pipeline deal uh, pertaining to the community that you looked in on. I mean, y- you need to have a unified community where the leadership is legitimized, and you can't have that if the information isn't being disseminated to the people there, right?
1: I was talking to a former leader when I was uh, in Get Luck Damics, and he said, you know, you media guys, you always look— For dissension, you always look for division. You look for that crack and then you exploit it.
0: I mean, that's like a parable for our relationship with the people we cover everywhere, which is why you guys only show up when something bad happens. Why are you always just exaggerating or or you only pay attention to, to people fighting or to rifts? And our answer is, well, that's where the story is.
1: The other loss there is when there's not an independent media or when mainstream media doesn't cover is that uh, there's other news that goes on. There's other things that go on in the day-to-day lives of the tribes, of the people, that don't get covered, that missed, that don't get heard of. And sure, it may be only of interest to those 7,000 people, but we don't know that. Media is the portal through which the rest of society gets to see, gets to know, and ultimately understand.
0: I mean, I just wouldn't hold your breath that uh, we're going to see our... Cash-strapped news organizations suddenly make a, a renewed effort and uh, commitment to covering, even if we could get over our own personal issues that prevent us from holding uh, those legislatures to accountability the same as we would any other, there's just a resource question. It seems like it's got – I mean, first of all, we need a lot we, – we need many more indigenous journalists in this country. And I think it's got to come from the communities. And as you write, it is. I mean, not through traditional ways. You you write about how when you've got these diaspora communities, when you've got people leaving to go to cities, they want to stay connected. How do they do it? Same as anybody else. A lot of it's just happening on Facebook.
1: Yeah, a lot of it's happening on Facebook, uh, as in the case of the uh, Nishka people. Having said this, uh, Facebook is a good start. It's a good effort. Uh, But it's not journalism. And I think that's, I think that's, part of journalism it's a tool that journalists can use but it's not journalism and there should be something else in its place and you know I was just reflecting on the truth and reconciliation calls to action how three of them had to do with media Uh, but unfortunately it occurred right around the time or at the time when the machine that is media was breaking down and falling apart so until that machine gets fixed it's going to be harder to uh, take steps down this road
0: I mean, you know, a lot of uh, organizations put their best foot forward in response to the Truth and Reconciliation actionables. And what we saw was a lot of reporting around missing and murdered indigenous women, which is, don't get me wrong, incredibly necessary overdue reporting. But it sort of seems to fall under that category of uh, prestige journalism, (laughs) award-winning, important journalism. I mean, it couldn't be further away from the daily business of, of keeping a community informed about itself.
1: There's only a handful of Indigenous journalists who work in the country. For instance, I just graduated from the UBC Graduate School of Journalism. I was the fourth Indigenous graduate from that program in the school's history. There's just not that many Indigenous people going into journalism. I mean, there's reasons for that. I mean, why would you go into something that historically uh, painted your people in a very bad light? I don't know. Why did you? Me, I wanted to tell stories, and I wanted to take pictures. My father died when I was a little kid. What little I remember of him, one of the very distinct things I remember was him sitting at a table, reading a newspaper from page to page. He knew what was going on in the world. He knew what was going on in the region, and he knew what was going on in the town. And what he read would anger him, humor him, intrigue him, and exasperate him. Now, I don't know whose work that he was reading. But those journalists did their jobs, and I remembered that. You know, the the good Indigenous minds, they're going into law, they're going into economic development, they're going into treaty negotiations, they're going into business. There's just not not that many people. Journalism is, you know, very far down the list. There's Indigenous students in journalism schools. I believe that there are two at UBC this year. It's hard to stay in journalism school. It's hard to get an internship. God knows. I mean, you don't have to be an indigenous reporter to know that it's tough to get a job out there. And when you do get a job, you've got to fight to get your stories heard. you got to fight to get your stories known. And more often than not, you know, those stories, those pitches, you know, they don't make it. But you have to decide if this is a hill you're going to die on. And if it's not, you roll up your sleeves and the next day you pitch again. And you keep at it. It's a tough business to stay in.
0: That is your Canada Land Show. I hope you liked it. You can email me. I am at jesse at com. I read everything you send me and I respond when I can. We are on Twitter at Canada Land. Our website is canadalandshow.com and our crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash Canada Land. Check out The Imposter on Wednesday. I'll be back with Shortcuts on Thursday. I make this show with Katie Jensen. Syndication is handled by Russell Gregg. If you like what we do, Please support us. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you.
1: A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire
0: who basically runs the place.
1: Justice will not be served in this case. She's gonna get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a campside media
0: original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.